0: Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello, and welcome back to the Rural Rockstar Podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and today I'm joined by Chloe Thompson. Hello, Chloe.
1: Hello, Katrina.
0: Oh, so nice to have you here, Chloe. So, Chloe is coming to us all the way from, it's Hurstbridge,
1: right? Hurstbridge, yep.
0: Yes, which is not technically like super rural, <laughs> not that that really matters, but it's on the edge of Melbourne. But Chloe and I actually went to uni together. Such a long time ago now. Actually, oh. we're forty this year, or you know. So <laughs> there's a way. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Twenty years ago, Chloe and I did agricultural science together at Melbourne Uni, and I didn't actually finish my degree there, but I started there, and so we were studying there many years ago. So Chloe is a is an Aggie from way back. Yeah, and <laughs> since uh-huh. that time has done many varied things and been all over the place, including having a sort of semi-famous YouTube channel called The Gardenettes (laughs) with a couple of other gorgeous gardeners as well. And now Chloe runs her own business and has recently launched an online gardening course, which we're going to dive into hearing all about today because I think it's very inspirational. I love hearing stories of women starting online businesses and kind of using the skills and what they're already doing to then take that online and expand that. And I just think it's so powerful and it's something we talk about on the podcast and it's something very much the stories that I love to share so thank you for joining me today Chloe and I always like to start with how did you get to where you are now so that you can share your story and fill in the gaps for me from where well I mean we've been following each other over those years but tell us what's happened in the <laughs> in the last 20 years or even start back when we uh, did you grow up on a farm tell us the story of how you got to be where you are now.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a crazy story, really, I suppose. And I has been, I think, like a lot of people in 20 years, I feel like I've done so much and been so many different people. And I often refer to myself now as the horticulturalist of many hats because I do still feel like I do several different roles. But um, I didn't essentially grow up on a commercial farm by any means, but I did live on a small hobby farm in uh, rural New South Wales for many years. Um, particularly at those formative years when a, you know, young kid and you just want to play with your horse and climb the trees and that type of thing, baby lambs. Um, but after high school, I went on to study agricultural science with yourself. <laughs> um, and it was funny, when I said to people that I was going to do ag science, I got lots of questions like, well, what do you want to be, a farmer? <laughs> like it was some derogatory, you know, thing. And I remember thinking... No, I'm doing this because I don't want to work in an office. I know I don't want to work in an office. Um, you know those things you do at high school where you answer those career questions? Um, basically mine came up like not a nurse, um, you know, nothing that um, where I was inside a lot. It used to bring up things like park ranger and horticulturalist and agriculturalist. So I was like, okay, let's let's go with that. And I knew I was happy being outside. Um, So, yeah, did ag science, four-year degree, Um, and throughout ag, you can kind of do three different streams. Well, you could when we were there, you probably remember. So you could kind of do plants, animals, or the economic side of stuff. Um, Animals grossed me out because they smelt and they bled, and that was just disgusting for me. (laughs) I remember sitting in um, the animal science pracs that we had to do in first year, and you know, doing them with a partner and just being like, no, 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 I'll draw. You you, you pull it apart, I'll, I'll draw. <laughs> Um, And then there was ag economics, which just completely went over my head. Um, But I realised that I liked the plant subjects. So I did loads of plant subjects and pretty much finished uni. And, um, you know, as you do, you sort of had a couple of months where you're a bit lost of what's going to happen. And I ended up applying for a job as the industry development officer for the Victorian strawberry growers industry. Yep. Like what? (laughs) Um, it sounds like a crazy job, but essentially I was in charge of comms for them. I was in charge of helping them to um, create online, not, not even then online, but, but create courses for their strawberry farmers. I'd do things like farm walks. Um, we'd look at things like government grants and things like that. So I was, you know, they're generally development officer for the Victorian Strawberry Growers. Um, also, did really cool things like help them for their breeding program. So, I actually was paid to taste strawberries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. I did actually get to the point where I couldn't stand strawberries. <laughs> um, and even now, I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> oh my goodness, you must have eaten a lot of strawberries. <laughs> I did that for four years. Um, and it was fun, you know, fresh out of uni, um, working for a bunch of very largely Italian strawberry farmers, um, rocking up on their strawberry farms. And half the time they try and marry me off to their sons, which was quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> is- my beautiful son, they would say. <laughs> um so that was a bit crazy but a bit fun um and then after that I had a couple of random little roles I worked for about 10 months for a company that made organic garden products but they were pretty much based out of like a small house in Melbourne and it was very bizarre like it was me and three other men and anyway in the end I left after about 10 months because it all felt a bit weird and when I told the um, owner that I was leaving he declared his love for me so Oh, yeah. Good. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> And this was after he'd already met my fiance, but anyway. Oh, that's <laughs> <different>. <laughs> oh, the people you meet, the people you work for, hey? Oh, yes. Um. So I went on after that to then work for another company that made um, largely organic-based and um, chemically-boosted fertilisers. Um, I did communications work for them. I did that for four years. Um, and while I was doing that, a lot of the work that I did for them, I did things like public garden club talks. Um, I do the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show. I do stage talks there. Got to become really good mates with Jane Edmondson, who is an absolute legend. If people don't know her, she's like one of the, um, the gurus from Gardening Australia. She's one of the oldest presenters. She's been on there since the beginning um she's a total gem she's yeah just really down to earth and really lovely uh and i got to yeah basically be exposed to the world of presenting a passion for gardening to the general public and it was while i was doing all of this i was like this is really fun i really enjoy this um and i actually got a gig uh, on gardening tv so gardening garden gurus um and i did that for about 4 years as well so sort of at the same time as doing this work for the other company. Anyway I got pregnant, got married, got pregnant, had babies Um, so I actually got made redundant from that job and I sort of you know had two babies in the space of what 24 months. Um, So I suppose I was at that point where you know I'm a mum of two kids, what do I do? Do I go back to work? I mean i been made redundant. So I didn't technically have a job to go back to, you know, do I go back and start looking for work again? Is that what I really want? Um, And I sort of got to the point where I was hanging out with a fellow horticultural friend, uh, Melissa King, and she had babies the same ages as mine. So we'd catch up and we'd meet in parks and have chats and stuff. And we started to realise that there was a real lack of internet specific gardening videos. So, you know, Gardening Australia puts their videos on the internet um, and and this was when was this? This would have been 2016, 2016, I think. So, you know, a while ago now in terms of internet video, like, you know, stuff progresses so fast. Um, So we realised that there was a real lack of, you know, short, sharp um, gardening videos that were online, particularly gardening videos that were aimed at novice gardeners or beginner gardeners. And so we thought, well, hang on, let's try and create something ourselves. So that's what we did with the gardenets. So yeah, we came up with this concept that we'd have um, a little bit of a look to us. So we um, if people go and check us out, the YouTube channel still exists. The gardenettes themselves, we don't actually anymore film anything, but the YouTube channel's still there and the website's still functioning, I think, <laughs> and the Instagram. <laughs> Um, but we had a bit of a look. So we sort of had a 40s, 50s hairstyle. We wore red lippy. We wore like cute overalls and a bit of funky gear. Um, and the idea behind that was just to really stand out in the gardening world, just to be a bit different. Um, and it did work because we would walk around the flower and garden show in March every year and people would be like, oh, you're the gardenettes. Um So that was quite fun. And it was, a, you know, it was a good excuse to get doled up. I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> to do that that often um and yeah we had a great time so Melissa and I would present gardening videos that were roughly around the two to three minute mark and then for a little bit there we had uh Danny Venn who was from MasterChef she was doing some cooking videos for us and then we had another girl from another reality cooking show oh gosh I can't think of what it was called now family family banquet family family feast. There was a, there was another family cooking show and we had a girl who did some cooking videos from that as well. So we did that for four years. Um, yeah, and, you know, we were able to make money from it because we had sponsors that paid us to create their videos for us. Um, but we really tried to do it in such a way that they weren't, overly advertorial um Melissa and I had both worked on uh the Garden Gurus and I don't know if anyone has seen the Garden Gurus but they are extremely advertorial in the way that they make their videos they're very much you know here is the product look at the product it's beautiful you've got to choose this product because blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> whereas we we very much tried to create the videos so that the um the product was integrated into the video rather than about the product so yeah you know, that was fun doing that for four years learned loads along the way um Um, you'd all about social media you know video producing um, and it was a really good experience definitely a really good experience Um, so that rounded up gosh where did we finish that up so it would have been finished up nearly two years ago now the end of 2019 we finished up Um, and again I was sort of in that okay, well, we've got lockdown. What do I do now? Um, I had a lot of the clients that we worked with when I was with the Gardenet say, well, that's fine. The Gardenet this isn't running anymore, but I still need my videos. I still need my content. So a couple of those clients have just come across to me where I'm just creating video content for them themselves. Um, and of course, end of 2019, jumping into 2020, we Being in Metro Melbourne, i was pretty much smack bang into lockdown. So (laughs) I had to get a little bit creative. Um, The great thing is I am married to a photographer slash videographer. So um, we were able to make video content and photo content in our own garden during lockdown. So thank goodness for that. Um, I had clients sending and I still have clients sending me plants and they appear in my driveway and I then go off and film them in our backyard. Um, so it's pretty cool that we're able to do that um, okay. even in lockdown. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So so people like now, so that's one part of your business now is where so people will actually send you products for you to make videos for them to kind yeah. of talk about and promote
1: their yeah. plants
0: and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. What sort of, oh, that's cool. So what sort of companies would send you their stuff? Like
1: so At like the moment, onions? I've got um, Oasis Floriana is one of my major clients. So they sell the seedlings, like tomato seedlings, eggplant seedlings, lettuce seedlings into Bunnings. Yeah. Um, and so we work with them. We make um, we make scripts yeah. with the products, and um, yeah, we essentially just work the products, the plants into into product videos. But they're you know how to plant a petunia, how to grow chilies, um, how to grow strawberries. Um, so yeah, it's really fun. Um, that is so cool. What a yeah. fun. Like, and I bet you would never have predicted that this is what you would end up doing. No, yeah, <laughs> like not I'm at all. That's why people say to me, you do what? And I'm yes. like, yeah, know. tell me about it. Um, but then I've got other clients where I create contact content for them, but, you know, I, my face isn't on it. I'm not actually in the videos. I might be creating social media posts for them or I do ghostwriting for a couple of companies where I write their horticultural blogs that go on their websites. Um, I write for a gardening magazine as well. Um, so I've got four articles every two months that I write for that gardening magazine, Good Organic Gardener. Um, Good Organic Gardening, sorry. I always get that wrong. Your um, <laughs> <laughs> brain, it's like a little I know. <laughs> um, Yeah, so I definitely am still the horticulturalist of many hats. Um, I enjoy the type of work that I do because I do. I have like a whiteboard. Obviously, people are on a podcast and they can't see, but I have a whiteboard behind me that you can probably see, Katrina, and it's literally like subheadings with little dot points underneath it. So I can, you know, in the morning I can be filming, you know, content, and then in the afternoon I might be writing a blog post where I'm, it's it's ghostwritten. So it's really good, fun, varied work. Um, I've done other random things in lockdown as well. I was a podcast host for Bunnings with recorded about nine episodes of a podcast in the very first lockdown last year Um, and that was loads of fun literally just on a microphone in my bedroom we used to hang up my doona because the sound people said my bedroom was too (laughs) echoey because it has a big uh, mirrored you know one of those hideous mirrored sliding doors so we used to hang up a doona I want to get rid of that mirror so badly. I like it, yeah. So we used to hang up a doona and then they, I got the big podcast microphone And but I got to chat to some crazy cool people from my bedroom. I chatted to Paul West um, and we chatted for like nearly an hour and a half when we were supposed to talk for 40 minutes, so that was fun. <laughs> oh,
0: amazing. Like it just sounds yeah. like so much fun. So tell me, did you have a background then in like... How did you know when you went to do the garden? It's it's obviously mm-hmm. quite like a little bit theatrical and yeah. you know, performing and you know you you did sort of stage it up a bit and it was all yeah. and you you know
1: you're acting almost on yeah.
0: like on YouTube. Did you have any background in that? Or was it just
1: like how did you have the confidence to do that? Well, you know what's really funny. People who knew me from particularly high school days would remember um a little girl, well, not so little, I've been always quite tall, about five foot eight, but would remember the Chloe who was terrified of public speaking Um, I used to try and be sick on the days that I was forced to do drama in year seven and eight at school I hated public talking I remember doing oral presentations even at uni I remember doing oral presentations and feeling my whole face go red and I mean there was what 17 people in our year level or something but I still remember like those trembling hands and thinking oh my god Um, but it's funny I think I discovered that I was good at public speaking if I was talking about something that I was passionate about yes and that's what I had that aha moment when I was working for the company for four years and doing all these public talks and presentations and yes having people around me who were saying no no you know Jane Edmondson saying no I'll I'll present with Chloe on stage she was fun she's good um yeah, and having people feedback to you that you did a great job of that garden club presentation, um, yeah, it gives you the confidence as well. So, yeah, now I'll, I'll talk to 600 people on a stage. Sure, no problems.
0: <laughs> yes, isn't that funny? And it's just that it, then it becomes practice and just building that confidence. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking for so many people, and especially because when you're trying to build a business in the online space and you really yep. do have to put yourself out there, a lot of it is yes. just showing up on, you know, social media or whatever it is or speaking on stages and, and so I think it's probably quite inspiring for people that you were terrified of public speaking as well because so many people are terrified yes. of it. So it was just really that you just sort of started doing it and you are talking about something that you enjoyed and were passionate about. So then yeah. once you sort of connected those two things, it just became easier and easier. And I think so yeah. true is if you're speaking about something you love, you can talk
1: easily. Oh, so under wet cement, I say, like you know. Um, and I think that's the thing. if you are scared of public speaking, um, you find something that you're passionate about and you'll find that it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, I still get a little nervy, but it's nothing like high school oral presentations or having to present stuff at uni where I felt my whole face go red. you know you've got the sweats, you've got the shakes. i'm I'm not even I'm not there at all. Yeah, yeah it's amazing, isn't it? I think it that's- is. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, look, presenting presenting to camera is different. Um, I did do a short course on how to present to camera. There's short courses out there. You can definitely do a short course on how to present to camera. Um, it is a little weird because you are essentially staring at a black circle and trying to be you. Yeah. Um, but essentially the most comfortable I feel behind the camera, particularly now, is just when I'm me. And I often tell my clients, yes, I've worked off script for some clients, But sometimes they'll say to me that their favourite videos are when I just talk. It's just me. Um, So, again, maybe that's a tip for people who are trying to do a video. Don't, Don't fully script it. Maybe just dot point it. And maybe just try and have in your head those dot points that you need to talk about because I come across more, much more natural. Is that even correct English? I come across, to, you know, in much more bubbly, much more um, personable, I feel, um, if I don't have um, a script.
0: Yes, I'm exactly the same. And I find like and I've always been like that too When, I, whenever I've spoken publicly or even when I'm making videos or anything, I find I don't know and I think it's about alignment you know when you when you're aligned with what you're saying and when you're loving yeah. and you're passionate about it and, and and I think people really connect with that a lot more when it is just you can tell when it's scripted or when it's yeah. you know staged. and I think that yeah. people especially these days like we just love that authentic you know and and really just raw energy of just this is how who, who it is you know I think people love that so and I think that's encouraging too for people is that don't try like yeah just just be yourself is but um, you know yeah. it's very hard for a lot of people it's just to be themselves it's confidence to be yourself as well isn't it so yeah so I love that doing the garden it's really opened up a lot of doors for you really didn't it like yeah, I mean, it did. seeing yeah. you as this person then obviously has sort of almost led into the business that you've been able to kind of feed from that because people now see you as an expert and they see you as someone who can do this work so that's pretty cool
1: Yeah, it is pretty cool that nets definitely did open doors like that, and there there is actually a thing called the Horticultural Media Association. Um, And so people who are in horticultural media, we all have little regular get-togethers, well, when we're allowed to, Um, and at the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show, MIFCUS is it is its affectionate term, MIFCUS. You'll hear people refer it to. Um, There's a horticultural media tent where we all sit and have our free coffee and free food. yeah, I know, it's great fun. But you know, you do, you get to meet some incredible people. Um, and I do find in the horticultural world, everyone is just so giving of their time and passionate about helping other people as well. Um, I don't know if it's like that in other industries, but yeah, here, if you, you know, if you need a reference, if you need a, um, some help, some advice, everyone's very caring and, and happy to share, which is nice.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's so nice. And I think that that's, that's, that supportive culture is, yeah, really important, probably having those people around you as well to support you. Yeah, so, totally. Chloe, tell us about then when you, you've you recently launched an mm-hmm. online course for gardening, which is so cool because something that I've been really excited about for a long time is, you know, the ability for women from anywhere to be able to create businesses and yep. to also use the current skills that they have and then take that online. And, you know, it's kind of the, you know, the opportunities are endless in a lot of ways. And so
1: tell us about the course that you've created for gardeners or for gardening. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my course is called Sprout School. Love it. And <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and I, it came about quite quickly, actually. I was quite surprised at how quickly it came about. So I was probably maybe six months ago must have been about six months ago a friend of mine she's got an online organizing course called the organizing platform and she has an online course it's an evergreen course so it's pre-recorded but she's got it online but then part of that is she's got a Facebook group where um, the women uh, who are doing her course they go into the Facebook group and she provides them with you know content in the Facebook group and she said to me you know what you know your gardening skills and your knowledge and things I reckon I reckon the people in my online, uh, online organising course in the Facebook group would love to hear some of the basics that you could teach them. Do you reckon you'd be okay to do um, a quick little webinar? So I was like, oh, okay, sure. So I said, oh, look, I'll cover off some of the foundation-y kind of stuff like light, orientation, soil, and then I said I might dive into indoor plants um, so I did that I just did a you know a, a webinar in the Facebook group for an hour and I think there was 20-25 people there and they all said this is brilliant and at the end of it Chelsea from the organizing platform she said to me that's a course you can make a course out of that and I was like, well I said I've been thinking about it but I wasn't really sure and so the more I sort of looked into it um, I followed a few people yourself being one of them who I was watching <laughs> create online courses and I did a fair bit of stalking and uh, spent a few hours on a few hours, a few days learning Kajabi um, and essentially got my head around how I would do it. Um, I sort of followed the method in Tina Towers' book, The Million Dollar Micro Business. I think it's called. Oh, new material. Um, I always love new material. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I sort of followed her launch strategy in her book um but it was just yeah it was just one of those things that I was just like right I'm going to do this I'm going to launch the course and I'm going to do it all before my 40th birthday at the end of October yeah
0: wow <laughs> just, you know like I could not love that more because one of the things that I was held back with for so long was just overthinking procrastinating and I think so many people are and they're like they get get all up in their head we all get up in our heads like well, what if it doesn't work what if I don't know enough what if people don't buy it? what if I don't do yeah. it all the thinking and then that just keeps so many people stuck for so long and that's actually a lot of the work that I do with women now is to move them through the you know the stuck and the stories and all of that and to get them just taking action so yeah cool just like I'm just going to
1: do this yeah and I did I went through that little period of oh, I don't know if people are going to trust me I don't know if this is going to work but based on the type of content that my followers on Instagram reacted to the most um and based on people essentially you know I get daily DMs Chloe what's this plant Chloe what should I plant here Chloe what can I do with this in my garden and I'm sort of thinking well hang on a minute yeah (laughs) um you know I can this yeah there's got to be an opening for this um in my journey of where I am, somehow I managed to miss, miss telling you that I also have a Graduate Diploma of Horticulture as well somewhere. <laughs> In the last 20 years, there's a Graduate, of diploma, a graduate diploma of Horticulture.
0: I need to tell people about the qualifications too because they seem like they're so long ago now and like yeah. almost irrelevant. But I mean, this is quite relevant to the work that you're doing now, obviously, but yes. But, you know, um, yes, but that's actually a thing that holds a lot of people back too is thinking they just yeah. know the qualification sometimes, but actually people do know enough to just, you know, because you can create a business from anything. Like the online world really is if you're going to help someone and teach them something, then that's you know, we all get stuck on that too, thinking, well, I just need another certification, and once I have that, then I'll be able to do it. And people get stuck in that spiral too, don't they, actually?
1: Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. And, again, coming back to the beautiful Jane Edmondson, one of the things she said to me very early on, I remember when we were going on stage one time at MIFCUS, and I said, oh, Jane, but what if I don't know the answer? And Jane said, Chloe, we're horticulturalists. We're always learning. I don't know everything. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Good
0: point. <laughs> that's such beautiful advice, and that's like yeah. so, a lot of stuff that I talk about. Is like the old paradigm of kind of this masculine way of doing things, where you have to get it all exactly right, and you must know all the answers. And if you don't know everything, then you know you can't do it. Whereas, kind of the more feminine side of it is, well, actually, we're all learning and growing all the time, mm-hmm. and you don't have to be the expert, like because we all keep learning through life. And that's a, that, what a what very profound advice to receive yeah. early on, too. And how confidence building for you? It's
1: like oh, exactly. Out yeah exactly and i you know especially in horticultural as, as well i do find you know if i if i rock up to someone's nursery and what's this plant you know they don't expect you to know what the plant is and half of their joy is explaining what the plant is yeah you know yes. that's half of their thrill and it, yeah, it's part of the learning process along the way so um yeah, So anyway sprout school yes so Sprout School is a six-week uh, online gardening course and I'm teaching it live at this point. I, I really like that live teaching aspect. I think you say that often. Yes. <laughs> it is such a buzz. It is such a buzz. I, I don't think I could, sl- I had to stay up for about two hours after I finished the first module. I was just buzzing. I was on a high. Okay. Um, it's, it's a really nice feeling. So I've got 28 people in my first round, which I'm okay. blown away by. <laughs> um, and it's just incredible the diverse range of people as well. Ironically, they're all women. I didn't set out for it to just be all women, but they are all women. Um, and there's people in there who, you know, there's. I've got a dairy farmer from down near Warrnambool I've got people who live on um, small blocks with little courtyards. People who live in new estates where there's, you know, nothing, no garden. They've just got the house on the blank block. I've got one lady who hasn't even built the house yet, but they've got the three quarters of an acre block um it's a real mix of people and people with some gardening knowledge like there's even a few ladies who've had their gardens professionally landscaped but they're still at that a bit lost stage don't know how to progress it don't know how to manage it and then there's other people who are like you know which way up do I plan to plant they've got no knowledge of plants (laughs) um so I've been really flabbergasted with that yeah diverse range of people in the course which is fun Oh, fantastic. And actually I think that I'm right
0: that on your website I was looking and it does say that you you cater to anyone. Like you, your whole thing is yeah. to make gardening simple. For, well, not your whole thing, but part of it is to make gardening simple for anyone because isn't your garden on a really big slope like where your house is? It's on a really steep slope or something. Yeah.
1: So we live on a 33-degree slope, so you can picture not 45 degrees. Yeah. So, like, where it's really steep. We call it mountain goat country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's really steep and we've got nowhere. Well, there is flat pockets of the garden, um, but it's also a garden where I've got lots of little microclimates. So I'm a big fan of, you know, making sure that you're understanding your soil, your light, your orientation, so you understand the microclimates that your garden might present you with. Um, And then I'm trying to teach people about how to find the right plants for those microclimates. Um, and it's just fun. And using the Facebook group as well as a way to connect with people through the six weeks, you know, people are posting up their homework with their little sketches and they, I've got them to do that. Do you remember the soil jar test from Soil Science, first yes. year ag? <laughs> and I, don't,
0: and I the, don't remember much, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, do you remember that. And I didn't really attend all that much uni either, as you
1: might recall. But yeah, I know, yeah. I do remember. <laughs> um, but... Um, so there was, yeah, there was a soil science jar test that we did in first year. Um, we played with the soil where you push it between your thumb and your forefinger yes. and you try and create the ribbon. Yeah, you're like, yes. yeah, this is yes. sounding familiar. Yep. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's little things like that that most people have never done. They've never thought about what type of soil they have or they've just dug a hole once and found a ball of clay and gone, oh, I've got a clay soil. Yes. Um, so, you know, or well, the neighbour said I've got a clay soil, so therefore I have a clay soil. But they've yeah, not actually... Pay attention. So, Oh
0: fantastic. So, and tell us about because you've got quite a big social media following. So, did you use social media as the main platform for launching, or what was your process around getting it out there? Because twenty eight in your first course is awesome. You know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of encouraging people now if they can get five or ten, like massive. You know, in your first one, yep. and you know, being okay with that. So. Did you, yes, because do you think it helped that you had that sort of quite a significant social media presence first?
1: I think so. And I think because, look, I've I've only got just over 5,000 followers on Instagram, I don't know, maybe 1,000 or so on Facebook. But I think because the course that I'm basically presenting aligns with the type of people that follow me, you know, so like 85% of my followers are females from Australia. Um, and they were already DMing me the questions that I can answer in the course. Um, And so I think because they were aligned with what I wanted to sell them, then, yes, it it made it a lot easier. Um, And I did have people saying, oh, this isn't for me, but I've told my sister. Well, this isn't for me, but I told my neighbour. So, again, I think there's that little Chinese whispers that went on and helped to spread it for me, which is very nice.
0: Oh so nice and I think you're so, it, it, you so you you probably really hit the nail on the head there it was you were responding to that need that people you know there was already that you were being asked so much already and so it was just a matter of like well, you know here's the the offering for you you know here's what yeah. It is. so yeah. yeah I love that it's fantastic
1: and from what I can find there there's nothing quite like it out there there's one or two online gardening courses for, for Australians from Australia um, but a lot of them have a focus, one of them's got a focus on permaculture and one of them's got to focus on vegetable gardening. There's nothing that's gardening as a, am doing it with my hands, <laughs> like an all-encompassing bubble. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where there's a niche as well, trying to find something that's doesn't exist and making it your own. Yeah.
0: Fantastic and I love that you're doing it live as well and especially given everything we've talked about here that that's how you love to teach and you love yeah. the, and what's also beautiful is hearing you say how much it's lighting you up you know and, yeah. and that's something that I think is so powerful about doing this work and mm-hmm. it just it leads to so much like you feel so good when you're you know presenting on stuff that you love to talk about and you're teaching people and then you're making money from it it's all this beautiful yep. synergy of all the things you love and that light you up and you know lead, lead to having a more abundant sort of aligned life I think it's just so lovely that you've been able to do that so a couple more questions tell us what you've learned so mm-hmm. far like what's been the kind of biggest learning I guess and And also just a tip on, because I think there's a lot of people who'd love to do something like this, but it's that courage, that it's that like we talked about earlier, it's that moving through the overthinking, it's the fear of judgment of other people, it's like all of that. Like, you know, what what's your biggest piece of advice for that? Was it really just that you just just did it and took the action and didn't think about
1: it, or what do you think? I reckon doing the little sample webinar that I did with my friends online platform. So if, if you had a concept, see if you can find some way to test it (laughs) Um, you know uh, whether that be yeah through somebody who's got their own private Facebook group or maybe you could do uh, through your social social say you know I'm inviting 20 people to a private webinar and then get the feedback from them that way Um, but definitely doing that little test to see what how I felt about it And then test to see how people responded to it, I think gave me a big confidence boost. Yeah. Um, And then, sorry, did you? No, I said great advice. That was, yeah,
0: yeah, really good tip there.
1: And then I think also from trying to understand how to do a launch, how to get my head around the launch, yeah, Tina Tower's book was really useful. Um, Kajabi itself was just dream I have got a little bit of experience in website creation and things before but yeah Kajabi once you got your head around the basics I found it really effective and useful Um, I did outsource I, I contacted a Kajabi guru who was recommended to me by someone else and she helped me do set up some email sequences I was slightly terrified of putting my products or the actual products with the prices into Kajabi and then the carts and adding off I, I got a little lost there so I 100% well, went well you know what it's better value for my time to pay somebody you know $50 an hour to sort this out rather than me spend two days probably getting it wrong yes um so 100% outsource you know where you can and the stuff that's just too complex and she was a dream like I think she did it in three hours yeah. and I was like oh my god I was going to spend days watching videos and and then I said, I was just so terrified I'd tell everyone that the doors are open and then they'd click the buy button and it would work.
0: <laughs> yes, so well worth it to get her support there. And I think that's that's excellent advice as well because so often we, and that's another thing that can keep us paralysed and not actually taking the action because we can't get it all to work technically and we're really, if we could just outsource that and pay someone to do it, and then we can get on with the, you know, being the creative bit that we want. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I did also have someone say to me, try and set some goals for your first round, um, having your head a good, better, and a best. Mm-hmm. So a good number, a better number, and a best number. Um, and I said, oh, I don't know, 10, 20, 30? And she's like, okay, well, I reckon you'll get closer to your 30. And I was like, don't be ridiculous. No, I won't. I'll totally, I'm, I'm happy with 10. I'm happy with 10. She's like, you'll get 30. And I'm like, no. And then she messaged me after the doors opened. She's like, so how many you got? <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe
0: I will get 28. <laughs> yeah, so good.
1: Um, So you- having those goals, you know, those personal goals as well helped, I think, as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, fantastic. I love it. It's such a, yeah, I just think that, that, you know, I've been obsessed with online business for a long time, and I think, yeah, it's great to hear your story about actually doing it and how it's worked and, you know, following the processes. And I think there's so many options out there now too. There's so Mm -hmm. much material and so much advice. And, I mean, again, sometimes that can keep you stuck because you get overwhelmed with all the, you know, different options that there are. Yep. But I really think that you're, yeah, what you said about just doing it, you know, I'm going to do it before my, thir- my 30th birthday, wouldn't got to be nice. 40th birthday at the end of October and I'm just going to get it out there and get it done and you've done it, which is amazing.
1: Well, I did also, being gardening, I had spring looming over my head as well. So I did also think I had sort of had the, I need to do it in spring and I've got to do it before my 40th. They were my two. I sort of, you know, I think, um, again, maybe you could do that with any type of course, you know, set yourself, uh, I want to do it before I go on holidays or I want to do it before my next birthday or, yeah.
0: Yes, having that cut off I think is actually really helpful as well because otherwise it can just, especially if it's like an on-the-side thing, like if you've got a job but you're trying to start something on the side, then you can always just sort of keep pushing it. I'll just, you know, I'll get to that. if you really set that deadline for yourself, then, yeah, I think that's, yeah, really good advice. Yeah. So, Chloe, tell me, I always like to ask my guests, I was going to say my clients, <laughs> my <laughs> guests, if they have any well-being practices or if they do anything that supports them in their, you know, I guess, keeping their shit together when they're doing all this work, you know, what do you have any sort of, yeah, tips or advice or things that you do like practices during the day or anything like that that keeps you grounded or keeps you able to cope with all the different you know being a mom running the business doing all the stuff doing all the things
1: doing all the things yes (laughs) yes Yes. wearing all the hats doing all the things well the good thing for me is that gardening is my happy place um so it's kind of cool that I get to work in my happy place but um I do make an effort to garden every day even if it's just You know, for 20 minutes with a cup of coffee while I'm between work on my computer, I go outside with my cup of coffee and pull random weeds. I'm happy. That makes me happy. It fills my bucket. (laughs) Um, But even just on the weekends, taking time to, you know, spend hours in the garden, pottering, planting, weeding, whatever, that makes me really happy. Um, And I have my husband has been known to say to me, you're grumpy today. I'm taking the kids out. You're going to garden.
0: (laughs) Oh, love that. Because um, <laughs> he
1: knows that I'll come back a much nicer person.
0: Yeah there's actually a lot of research around how good gardening is for the soul and for you and all that sort yep. of stuff isn't it and, I, and how yes. beautiful that you've managed to align your work with something oh, that nice. is so good for your well-being. Cool. So good. Really cool.
1: um, and actually fairly recently I did your Magic Mornings oh. short course as well yes. um, and it's It was really, really helpful to recognise how powerful having a magic morning could be for yourself, Um, especially with a husband who is often up and out to work before you're, you know, even up with the kids and things. Um, Hubby's just been allowed back to go to work for real estate photography and and real estate drone work. That's not his normal gig, but anything that (laughs) pays at the moment he'll happily take. So, and I just found having the magic mornings, um, I'm not a 5 am I can't do 5am, <laughs> <laughs> but 6am, 6 6am 6 for me, I can do a really quick meditation using that Smiling Mind app, because that's about as complex meditation as I can do. Um, I can jot down my little to-do list and I can go for a half an hour walk, come back, have a shower, have a cup of coffee, and I can do all of that before anyone's awake. Um, my kids get up at about 7.30, 7, 7.30. So it's just, you know, that hour, and hour and a half to myself. Um, when I do it, I am so thankful for it. And I find, I don't know if this is weird to say, but I find that I don't resent my husband going to work because I've had some me time before. Every, uh, I, I'm, that might
0: sound a bit weird. <laughs> it doesn't. It sounds completely, I think it sounds weird because we're not used to being able to say that time for ourselves is actually really important. But, of course, yes. you know, that's what the self-to-self work's all about. Like the, the more you feel good, the more work you do on the self, the better you are for everyone around you. And, and you know, the more mm. you like everybody else yeah. <laughs> as well. <laughs> you're not resentful. Because no. You're not, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, especially at the moment during lockdown, like it's just crazy because, you know, my kids are sort of trying to, we're trying to do homeschool in the morning. I've got clients saying, Where's my video? Do you have that copy yet? The editor's going, "Uh, Your article's due yesterday. I'm like, Ah, yes, okay. Um, (laughs) uh, Your hubby's at work. I've got the two kids. I'm like, Here, have an iPad, have a screen, go away, leave me alone. (laughs) I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. So
0: the days are chaotic. So if you've got that time in the morning where you've at least had that hour of sort of you time, yes. yes, I know. And that's why it's magic. That's that's really why it is a magic morning, isn't it? Because it just yeah. sets you up so well for the day.
1: Yeah, 100%. So no, highly recommend that, course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Good plug there, Chloe. Very that's good. That's okay. You're welcome. So that's awesome. I love hearing that. So you, you're doing lots of things that actually, and sometimes we can really underestimate the power of that, just one hour a day mm-hmm. to ourselves and how much that could impact everything else that we do and and enable us to cope with everything else especially with as you say everything
1: that you've got going on at the moment it's so, yeah. so powerful. yeah well and I think also there'd be days like if I don't do it or before I even heard about what magic mornings was I would find myself saying oh come three o'clock come three o'clock I'm going to stick a movie on for the kids and I'm going to have that half an hour at least just to myself mm-hmm. and it would often never happen because you'd put the kettle on and then you'd get a phone call and then you'd have to answer you know or someone would punch somebody one you know one of your kids and end up with the blood nose or you know you'd be constantly saying you were going to give yourself that time I'm going to give myself that time but it just didn't happen whereas if you just eat the frog first (laughs) do it first yeah get it out of the way
0: and I think sometimes too we have this idea that we'll do it at night. I'll get yeah. to bed and then I'll have the me time. And, I mean, you know, as the kids get older, that time gets less and less because you want to go to bed at the same time as yeah. <laughs> you need sleep too. So, so, yes, if you get it done in the morning, it's done and it's very, very powerful. So, yeah, I'm so glad that's worked so well for you. That yeah, been-
1: no, it yeah. does. It does make such a difference.
0: Ah, oh, that's fantastic. Well, Chloe, it's just been absolutely lovely chatting with you today and getting to hear, My you know, course. the journeys to hear and all about your beautiful course and business and all the wonderful things that you're doing in the world it's just been awesome I have loved it and we're, we're recording this on a Sunday too so thank you very much because you know as Chloe said she's got homeschooling kids and it all happening at the moment so <laughs> I'm very grateful to you for giving up some time on a Sunday to chat with me and it's been so lovely so thank you so much good luck with the rest of the course, and if anyone wants to find <laughs> you they can head to it's been there Doug that
1: which yeah, been like the one you eat
0: Yes, how cool. What a great Insta handle. Um, and we'll share that and I'll tag you and everything anyway. But, yeah, and if anyone, when
1: will you be running the, will you run the course again, Sprout Club? Yes, I will. I actually sat down yesterday and I printed off a 2022 calendar and Whoa. started. Look <laughs> at you, though. I know. <laughs> so I've yeah set myself some goals. I want to try and do three to four rounds next year. Um trying to align them with the seasons but we'll see how we go but yeah definitely the next round off. kickoff um, will open launch so the doors will open on the 1st of February so oh, fantastic. people can jump on the wait list if they want to and they'll get notified
0: yes that's a good idea jump on put your email in and then they'll know when it comes out oh that's fabulous I yeah. love the seasons too how beautiful makes so much sense yeah. Oh, it well does. Done. thank you thank you thank you so much Chloe it's just been so lovely enjoy the rest of your Sunday and thank you. thank you to everyone who's listened to this episode and go and check Chloe out and thank you so much for joining me thanks Chloe see you thanks Katrina bye bye, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Rural Rockstar podcast today. If you would like to know more about me or any of the courses that I currently offer, please head on over to my website or send me a DM. The next course I'm running in November is a very special course all about leadership, stepping into your personal power, and it's for women who are ready to rise up and share their voices with the world, have more impact, and create more magic. At the moment, there's a very special early bird price if you want to get around that send me a dm and the price goes up in a week because this is for women who are ready to shift ready to move and ready to take on the world i would love to have you in this container to share with you how to live a rock star life to lead yourself so you can lead beyond i hope to see you in there